Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio. And how the tech are you? It is time for the tech news for Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. And I'm late to the game on talking about this, but here in the United States, one of the big news stories at the end of last week was the discovery of and subsequent destruction of a Chinese-made balloon that drifted across the United States, West Coast to East Coast. U.S. officials say the balloon was a spy vehicle. Chinese officials claim it was for science rather than surveillance. It's all a moot point now because late last week, the U.S. military shot down the balloon off the coast of South Carolina. It's turned into a giant political matter here in the United States because conservatives are arguing that the president was indecisive and delayed too long before taking action. The president says he gave the order to shoot down the balloon as soon as the military deemed it would be safe to do so and would have the best chance of retrieving the balloon's payload to make sure, you know, that in fact, this is like an espionage device. And I'm sure we're going to see both major parties here in the United States try to use this event to earn political points with their respective bases and 
it's all very exhausting. So I ain't going to give it any more airtime. Like I don't object to incorporating politics into tech stories because the two do have overlap. I mean, one affects the other and vice versa, but this is getting to a point where it gets so petty. It's just exhausting. However, what I will do is plan a future episode about spy balloons and their history because that's actually really neat stuff. So we will do that and uh, and avoid the kind of weird argumentative politics that we're we're hearing right now in the States. Last week, I also talked about how a lot of publicly traded tech companies here in the U.S. were holding earnings calls with their investors. Uh, on Thursday, we got the AAA calls. That'd be the Amazon, Alphabet, and Apple earnings calls. And as suspected, the call showed that these companies are facing some challenges that have investors a little concerned in some cases. Apple reported that it had a revenue drop. So not a loss. It didn't operate at a loss, just a drop in revenue. But this would be the first revenue drop for Apple in more than three years. And investors really don't like it when winning streaks are interrupted. Sales were down 5% quarter over, well, year over year for quarter four of uh, 2022. And that was a larger drop than what analysts had predicted. And the fault was largely laid at the feet of China, specifically having manufacturing facilities in China shut down during COVID-19 outbreaks. And considering the reported conditions of what it's like to work at one of these places, that all feels really gross to me. I don't think China has taken the right approach to handling COVID-19, but at the same time, it's really hard for me to say, oh man, we weren't able to make as many doodads because the government was trying to stop the spread of a highly infectious disease. So I guess what I'm saying is that ultimately I'm glad I'm not the one who has to make those kinds of decisions. Anyway, on top of the falling sales, Apple's profit fell by 13%. Now again, Apple was still profitable. It just wasn't as profitable as it was this time last year. Apple did not indicate that it would be following the big tech trend of laying off thousands of employees, however, so that's good news for Apple employees. Amazon's news was even worse in that the company reported that Q1 2023 operating profit might turn out to be a big old goose egg, a zero in other words, so no operating profit in the beginning of 2023, according to current estimations. Uh, Amazon ex executives have said that customers have been cutting way back on spending, and that was causing a massive hit to Amazon's revenue, and that even the layoffs and downsizing in Amazon is not counteracting that, that drop in customer purchases. And, you know, we're talking about 18,000 jobs cut at this point in Amazon. One area where Amazon is doing okay is in its cloud computing services, where the company actually saw higher revenues than analysts had predicted. But yeah, the pandemic days of rampant online shopping have all really slowed down as people are being more frugal with their spending during this undefined economic downturn. But that, I call it a recession. Finally, we have Alphabet, the parent company of Google and YouTube and uh, some other companies as well. Overall, the company saw declines in both revenue and profit, which again, is not a huge surprise because Alphabet draws the vast majority of its revenue from digital ads and digital ad spending is down. In fact, according to Alphabet, the ad revenue fell by 4% in general and 8% on platforms like YouTube. And like Amazon, 
Alphabet has also slashed a lot of jobs, 12,000 in the case of, of uh, Alphabet. So the call did not present a lot of surprises. None of these did, I would say. But yeah, kind of confirms stuff that we already either knew or suspected. Other tech companies are also cutting back by eliminating more jobs. Dell Technologies recently revealed it will be laying off around 5% of its workforce. That would be more than 6,500 employees. So why? Well, we all know why. It's the economic situation that, again, we don't have a word for. We just call it challenging. And while I hate seeing more tech employees face the possibility of being out of a job, I can't say that I'm really surprised by Dell's move. I mean, we all know that consumers have cut way back on spending in general, and that includes buying new computers. People are sticking with their devices longer rather than updating or replacing them. So the hardware cycle has changed a bit. This impacts companies like Dell big time. On top of that, Dell has seen some other competitors in the consumer PC space gain ground on them and get more competitive. So it's not just that Dell is selling fewer PCs. It's also that other companies are starting to catch up to Dell or to really be a competitive threat. So it's a double whammy. And Boeing is yet another company in tech that has announced it will be holding layoffs. The company said it plans to eliminate around 2,000 jobs, primarily in departments like human resources and finance. And then other departments like engineering and manufacturing are going to be protected. Boeing plans to outsource HR and finance roles to a company called Tata Consulting Services. That is part of a larger conglomerate that is located in India. But unlike the other companies I mentioned so far, Boeing actually plans to grow its workforce this year. So last year, Boeing hired on 15,000 new employees. So still a net gain, even when you consider the 2,000 layoffs coming up. And this year, they plan on adding another 10,000 by the end of the year. So really, this sounds more like Boeing is putting its eggs in the, in the products and services basket with engineering and manufacturing and that this move is more about shifting finance and human resources focused parts of the business to outsource jobs. So it's really more like a, a, a reorg than anything else, at least as of right now. Now we're about to enter into the AI slash chatbot part of our episode uh, because that's been the big news so far in 2023. So we all know about ChatGPT and the various concerns and criticisms and wild experiments that are related to it. And you likely know that Microsoft had previously invested a billion dollars in the company behind ChatGPT called OpenAI. At least you would know that if you listened to my episode about OpenAI. Also, Microsoft is going to invest a lot more in OpenAI, uh, up to around $10 billion, according to at least some reports. Well, later today, Microsoft is holding a press event. In fact, might have already happened by the time you are listening to this podcast, but since it hasn't happened yet as of when I'm writing the darn thing, the best I can do is talk about what people think is going to happen. That is that Microsoft's going to make an announcement that it's incorporating ChatGPT into Bing search in some way. Now, Google yesterday, in a kind of panicked and, and rushed way, unveiled its own chatbot called Bard. We had already heard about Bard, but at the time I was talking about it, it was referenced as Apprentice Bard, and it was only an internal tool. So Google has now already launched a closed and private beta for a select group of users to experiment with Bard and plans to open this up 
further to a lot more people in the near future, in the coming weeks, for example. So Google also plans a press event that will now happen tomorrow on Wednesday. So it looks like Microsoft and Google are facing off in the AI chatbot space, particularly with regard to how it can be interwoven with search. Now, I've already talked about how this approach could ultimately cause a whole lot of problems online, mainly through cutting off vital internet traffic to various websites that depend upon search results to get visitors. But yeah, it looks like this fight is coming to us pretty quickly. The two chatbots will be based off different language models. Uh, OpenAI's GPT, or Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, is based off the Transformer model that Google pioneered. Now, in this case, Transformer doesn't refer to either a robot in disguise or a device that can step voltage up or down. Instead, a Transformer in this sense is a machine learning model. Google introduced it in 2017, and it's a very popular model in machine learning applications. Google's language model is called Language Models for Dialogue Applications, or Lambda. So you have GPT on one side and Lambda on the other. Things do get a little more muddled. However, Google has invested several hundred million dollars in an AI company called Anthropic, which was founded by some folks who had formerly been researchers at OpenAI. So both Microsoft and Google are launching AI-powered tools that share some common DNA. Uh, I haven't been invited to the beta for Google, so I haven't seen what that looks like yet. And the Microsoft event hasn't happened as of the time I'm recording this. So I can't really comment on what these look like or how they perform. And I am sure that people at Google and Microsoft are already aware of the potential dangers this AI could pose to business practices. So I'm not talking about, you know, doomsday prophecies about AI destroying the world or anything. Instead, I'm talking about AI eliminating an advertising platform that Google has depended upon for most of its existence. I'm sure they have contingencies in mind. I just don't know what those happen to be, but it should be fascinating to see how this unfolds. Uh, also, if it gets good enough, it'll put me out of a job. I mean, why would you listen to me when you can just have your tech questions answered by a super fast robot? Unless it's, you know, from a Southern charm. Okay, I, I got to take a break from being charming. We will be back after these messages. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with 
naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Okay, we're back. And we're actually back with another AI chatbot story. So the United States is not the only country that's obsessed with this idea. Baidu, the enormous company in China, announced today that it has been testing a chatbot that it calls ErnieBot. There's no word that this chatbot has a roommate that's called BertBot. But Ernie has been tested internally for some time, it seems, And these tests are scheduled to conclude sometime in March. Presumably, at that point, Baidu will unveil the chatbot into some sort of public-facing phase where people will get a chance to use it outside of Baidu itself. Ernie actually is an acronym. It stands for Enhanced Representation Through Knowledge Integration. And it sounds like It has a lot of the same sort of features that we've seen in stuff like ChatGPT, as well as DAL-E, in that it uh, is said to be able to generate text based on user prompts, so you can ask it questions and it will generate a response by drawing information from around, you know, its databases. And it can also do things like create images based on prompts, so you could tell it to create a serene landscape with a windmill next to a river or something, and it would do it. Uh, I think it will only be a matter of time before someone creates a roundtable discussion session with these various chatbots all talking to each other and have them discuss some sort of topic like, you know, which Nintendo game is the best or how to achieve world peace or something like that. It's just a matter of time. Even if it's done as a parody, I expect we'll see it. In fact, I'm sure we'll see lots of parodies where people will purposefully create fake conversations between these different chat bots for comedic purposes. And yet they will not reveal that it's all fake because that's the world we live in where you can't tell that something's satire because there's no indicator to let you know that in fact it is satire. It's just passed off as the truth. So it is in other words, a lie. I have thoughts about this. 
Now, I've got a couple of gaming stories to cover, both of which are a little rough. First up, Meta announced last week that it's going to sunset the VR game Echo VR coming this August. This game, while having a relatively small player base, has received critical and popular acclaim, and the folks who do play it are said to be really loyal fans, so this announcement came as a disappointment. Meta explained that the reason behind the decision is that the company wants to create other games and VR experiences, and maintaining a game requires resources that the company would rather focus on new opportunities. Now, that does make sense. Any online-focused game is going to require ongoing support, or it will eventually fail. And considering that the player base is down to the low 10,000s, according to The Verge, you can understand why Meta would want to shift to something else that could potentially have a bigger impact. Even if revenue isn't a concern right now, it's bound to be at some point. Unfortunately, this kind of decision is also the sort of thing that can discourage adoption. Because buying into VR is expensive, the equipment is costly, and that's before you even start buying games for it. So if you're thinking about getting into VR, but then you hear that one of the more praised titles is getting shut down later this year, you might find yourself you know, reviewing the situation, as Fagan would say. John Carmack, who until recently was a consultant for Meta on all things VR, voiced his disappointment with this decision. He said that Meta is taking something away from the community, and that never really goes over very well. And I agree with that. If you want to learn more about this, I recommend the article in The Verge titled, Here's Why Meta is Shutting Down Echo VR. The Verge also reports that Amazon is phasing out 53 games in its Luna cloud streaming service this month. So it's got this video game streaming service called Luna, and 53 titles are going to leave in February over different dates. Uh, Back in December, Luna rotated out another 40 titles. Uh, Amazon says the game strategy is to consistently switch out titles to keep the service fresh. Uh, That makes sense to a degree to me, but it does mean that gamers might find themselves focusing more on titles that are good for short sessions and don't involve long protracted storylines because you never know when that title is going to go away. There's nothing like being halfway through saving the world and then finding out you can't access your game anymore. And what happens to the world, y'all? Think of the world. Well, according to Game Rant, Luna Plus has around 190 titles on its service. So 53 games, that means we're looking at around a little more than a quarter of all the the, uh, game titles leaving the service this month. Uh, I'm curious how popular the service is. I'll try to look into it. I'm thinking about doing an episode about the different cloud-based gaming services out there and any information we have about how well they're performing. In some cases, we don't really have any information at all but we've definitely come a long way since the Ouya. Finally, last week I talked about Nothing Forever. That's the AI-generated Seinfeld episode simulator that was broadcasting on Twitch. It uses GPT to create the dialogue. Well, uh, they had a real problem recently in that uh, uh, the character Larry, the stand-in for Jerry Seinfeld, was doing his stand-up and started spouting off transphobic and homophobic thoughts as part of his stand-up routine. This should not have ever happened, and Twitch banned the channel for 14 days as a result of it. Turns out the issue was that the GPT model they had been using, which was codenamed DaVinci, had problems at some point, and the the model just stopped creating content. So you just had these empty rooms. So the team decided to roll back to an earlier version of GPT called Curie, and this one lacked the content moderation uh, blinders that the 
Da Vinci model had. And so Curie was more lax in allowing problematic content to come through. And that's when we got the transphobic and homophobic content. So the creators say they do plan on coming back. They're going to put more content moderation features in place to prevent this sort of thing from happening. Cause obviously they don't want harmful content to come out from their little fun diversion. Uh, and that this was just a mistake based upon going to an earlier version of this language model. So it was really unfortunate. Uh, I'm glad that they're addressing it and hopefully we don't see anything like this in the future, but it is one of the, the downsides to AI that's pulling from across the internet to generate its content. All right, that's it. That's the news for Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. Hope you're all well. I, uh, I'm doing pretty well myself. If you would like to contact me with some future ideas for shows that I should do, you can do so on Twitter. The handle for the show is techstuffhsw, or if you prefer, you can download the iHeartRadio app. It's free to download. It's free to use. You can type in tech stuff in the little search bar. It will navigate over to the tech stuff page, and there you'll see a little microphone icon. If you click on that, you can leave a voice message up to 30 seconds in length and request your topic of choice. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.